This is Graphically Novel, a podcast by three brothers who like each other, but love comic books. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. And on this episode, we are reviewing Zero Year. And speaking of Zero, if you'll notice in the intro there, Josh isn't here. So we're missing our favorite Zero this week. Uh, He's got a... I'm not saying he brings Zero to the show, but you know, people say... No, I'm playing. Um... He's, he's not got, here. Yeah, he's not here. Um, but he's got a lot going on. He's really busy. He's got some important stuff happening in his life. We're not even mad about it. We understand. And he did his homework and sent us his notes. So I'm real not mad about it. Oh, show must go on. Although I did almost lose. Them. There they go. I thought it. <laughs> I thought they went away. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so this week we are reviewing Zero Year, and this is my pick to defend. And basically, um, the reason I picked it is it's a zombie book. It's a zombie. It's, it's Halloween, you know, month, whatever. Or and Halloween. it's Halloween theme month. Um, and it says Ben Percy beside Ryder. And Ben Percy has been absolutely destroying it on Wolverine and X-Force at Marvel. And I wanted to, I haven't read any of his indie stuff. And so I, Wanted to give it a whirl. That's it. It's a good reason, though. Yeah. Well, uh, now it's time for the live-action Batman grades. And this is our eccentric grading scale based on the men who have thus far played Batman in live-action. And from best to worst, that scale is Bell, Affleck, Keaton, West, Kilmer, and poor George Clooney. And Sam, you are first out of the gates. So what is your live-action Batman grade? Oh, man. I gotta go first. Lead it off. Well, you know, this is... Totally my genre. I love everything about the horror genre. And this book hit all the points I liked uh, for it. A good story, art, just all the stuff that I really enjoyed. It hit all the marks for me, and I gave it a bail. Wow. All right. Um, for reasons we'll get into very shortly, I wasn't expecting any grades that high. Um, Josh would have been next, but he did send, like I said, he did. Um, well, you can tell when he quit and decided he wasn't going to be on the episode because <laughs> some of some of his notes are more fleshed out than others. Um, he gave it an Affleck. I don't know why. There, there's no elaboration. So he was he was slacking on this, but um, Affleck is you know it's a good grade. That's you know ju- just under the top grade. So he, apparently he was digging it. Um. So I'm despite <laughs> picking this, um, I've got the lowest grade. And the reason is, I mean, this is a very interesting and creative read. And if you like horror comics, if you're listening to this show and you're into zombie stuff, if you love The Walking Dead, if zombies are your thing, you're you're going to enjoy this, enjoy this because it's a fun take on it. But uh, for reasons we'll get into when we get into the graphically novel pyramid, um, I've got some nitpicks that kind of a, um, drug it down a little bit. So I'm sitting somewhere between Affleck minus and a Keaton plus. I still had a really good time, but it left me sort of like with these nagging feelings of wanting more. Like it didn't do enough of what I wanted it to do. Now I did enjoy what it did is why it's got a good grade, but I wanted more from it and I didn't get it. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. It. it had a, like a classic, uh, zombie movie feel like, the the one week later movie or whatever it is. 28, kind of, 28 days later. 28 days later. It had that, that kind of feel. Yeah. Um, but um, that's spoilers, so I can't. Um, okay, so I can, I can tell a little bit without spoilers. So th- this 
book doesn't have a single through line. Um, there are five characters, and we follow them around through the zombie apocalypse. And that's that's the whole like, gimmick of the book. Um, it's showing how a zombie-type apocalypse would affect very different people in very different settings. Um, but it doesn't. It feels more like five miniseries instead of a single book. And depending on how the rest of this series, because this is an ongoing series, so depending how the rest of it goes, I, it may completely land for me and work perfectly. Um, but if it doesn't, then I'll elaborate more when we get into the pyramid. But if that sounds entertaining to you, or at least interesting to you, it is very interesting. I just wanted a little more. So, get into it. Get it. But still, Keaton Plus, Affleck Minus, those are still good grades. It's not bad, yeah. Yeah. I had a great time. Uh, so, our creator credits are, it's written by Benjamin Percy, art by Ramon Rosanas, colors by Lee Lawfridge, letters by Sal Cipriano, and covers by Kare Andrews. Um, so Sam, before we go into the spoiler section, do you plan on reading more Year Zero? Yes, I do, and I started one, the volume two, and I refrained from reading ahead, like I, I have a bad habit of doing. Sorry <laughs> about half of it, and stopped. I was like, nope, I gotta save it for the show. So yes, I will read a bunch more. Yeah, same here. Um, I'm, I'm, like like you, I'm kind of like I finished. I'm like I want to read more. I want to see how this comes together i want to see what happens to these with these characters i want to see how this plays out more yeah. how 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 deep is percy gonna go into the zombie apocalypse you know yeah but i, I saw i'm like nope i gotta wait till after we record can't well, well my problem is like we recorded last week on monday and i read this i started i was gonna start on tuesday i have plenty of time to read it all through the week but i started on tuesday and finished by lunch at work <laughs> So it's like, oh man! So I downloaded the very next one and kept reading. It's like I gotta stop. So I was, it was hard not to keep reading. Yeah, the ha- having it bounce between the different characters so quickly, it kind of feels like reading those like action thriller books with the really short chapters. You know, I can just read one more. I can just read one more, and you just keep yeah. reading like crazy. Um, I'm assuming Josh is going to continue because he gave it a good grade. So we'll just we'll just pretend Josh is. Yes, he will. I'll talk to him. He we'll make more. him anyway. Yeah. Um, we'll twist his arm. We'll, we'll use brotherly um, guilt trips. Brother, brother peer pressure is okay, right? Yes, it's allowed. I thought so. All right. So anyway, this is the part of the show that is safe from all that spoiler radiation. After you hear the spoiler clacks and it has full spoilers ahead, venture on at your own risk. Time for the bite size breakdown. Sam, you've got issue one. Go. All right. So issue one, I have. All right. So it begins at a polar research station one year ago. Sarah Lemons finds a frozen man in the ice and jumps to Mexico City. Now, Daniel is hungry and another kid offers him some money, but he throws it down a drain before Daniel Daniel can get to it. Tokyo. Saga is in in a motel room. Uh, getting ready to shoot somebody when a body falls out of a window from above him. Cabal now. How you say that lady's name? Fate Maul? Is that right? I was saying Fatima. Fatima? Whatever, I called her Fate. So almost from now on, she's Fate to me. Work? That's a cool comic book name. Yeah. So anyways, so Lady Fate, that's what I'm going to call her, leads a group of U.S. soldiers to a house where a sniper is supposed to be hiding. But she lied to them. Then jumps to Minnesota. 
and now it says BJ Hull is in in his bunker taking inventory. Then it's back to Daniel. Daniel found food in the sewer and is eating it while the world is going crazy above him. Back to Saga. Saga puts his gun away and watches Tokyo burn. Lady Fate hides with the other women while the soldiers are being attacked. BJ turns away a neighbor that has been bitten. Um, Josh had issue two and actually did it. So here we go. Um, Sarah Lemons has sent off a blood sample from the frozen body to London. It appears to have extreme regenerative powers. Daniel has found refuge in the church. Saga finds his girlfriend assassinated. And Fatima is stuck in the basement with a zombie soldier. Daniel is rescued by his parents' killer. Saga goes on a warpath, and Fatima takes out the zombie. BJ hears a voice on the radio. Okay, and then I've got uh, issue three. This issue opens with Sarah Lemon's uh, mistake deepening and spreading. An ancient zombie-type guy uh, unthaws and attacks. And in London, the contagion is released into the world. Back in Mexico City, Daniel Martinez is now a runner for the gang that killed his parents, but he hasn't forgotten and is developing a plan. Saga Watanabe is tearing his way through, through the Tokyo subway on his way to get revenge. Fatima and her friends are going to break some knowledge out of an overrun university. And BJ Hool has made a friend and is getting excited about it. So excited, he's leaving the bunker. Yes. All right, so I have issue four. Polar Research, Sarah and crew are locked in a room and hiding from the frozen zombie person. Saga makes his way into the Yakuza compound and is killing everybody. Uh, Lady Lady Fate's jeep runs over a landmine and blows up. BJ gets into the zombie killer Humvee and is making his way to Anna. Daniel sneaks out to the street and gets the zombies to chase him to the sewer. Saga has made his way into the Yakuza boss's hideout. And both draw their swords. Lady Fate survives the explosion only to find armed soldiers surrounding her group. BJ makes it to Anna, Anna's house only to realize that Anna is really Keith. Okay. Uh, Josh, issue five as well. Uh, Sarah Lemons is trapped by zombies and blows up part of the research station. Daniel has led a horde to the church. Saga fights and kills his mentor and as a ronin must now wander the earth. Fatima and crew finds safety in Tora Bora, and BJ is disappointed to find Keith, but takes him back to his bunker anyway. <laughs> I think it's funny. I don't know why, even when I was reading it, I called her Lady Fate. I don't know why it just stuck. <laughs> I won't run with it from now on. <laughs> Sounds like a DC character. Yeah. Yeah. All right, anyway. Uh, so now it's time for the graphic novel Pyramid. And this is the part of the show where we evaluate the book of the week based on the three elements we believe a book has to nail to be a good book. And the first of these is story. And and this is where I've both got a ton of praise and my biggest nitpicks. And so I love the creative take on this. So like we've got the five different people, right? The five different perspectives. And they're all like different nationalities, different languages. Um We've got men and women, um, young and old, um, you know, highly educated, you know, versus, the, you know, very young and poorly educated. We've got wide spectrum of experience. People came from um, like very privileged backgrounds and people who were, you know, basically homeless. Um, and so this, this so I love the idea. Like, OK, how really how would something this dramatic 
and this disruptive? How would that affect people from these different? Because usually those type of stories like focus on one location. It's like super locked in to this one group of people, this one location, this one region, all that kind of stuff. Like so, so he's doing that with five different locations, and so it's it, that's it's a really creative way to do this. Um, uh, the book World War Z did that a little bit, but it was only in snippets. We didn't we didn't revisit most of those people. Whereas this one, we're just continuing to follow these same five people throughout the spreading zombie apocalypse. It's really creative. Um, but it feels really disjointed at times. And that that's that I I was hoping like this would pull together. There would be some kind of theme. Um, so I'm really enjoying the creative take. And I, I hope that like well, my hope is, is that Saga doing his wandering Ronin thing ends up finding and collecting all these people. And and he's the one that connects them all together. That would be cool. That would be cool. Um, so I'm hoping that by the end that happens and this kind of pulls together and we see them interact. Um, but I'm still enjoying it. No, I agree with everything you said. And I I think this is probably I don't know why you have nitpicks, but I think it's my favorite part of the, the, the whole novel is the way the story is laid out. All the different characters, all the different scenarios are having to go through and each person have their own different set of problems and uh i just enjoyed it so much uh because it begins with the sarah lemons she's the one that breaks that finds it whatever and then con- starts the contagion but also it's how uh, an assassin deals with it like it, it's just a, another day in the walk in a park for him it's like <laughs> much stage he just gets to kill people for out in the open now you know he's got to hide and do it so I, now I, he has to do it for free he gets it for free, you know? And then you see how the, the boy was a street rat, pretty much, and how he was invisible to everybody when they were alive, and now he's still pretty much invisible. So it, it's just, I enjoyed the take on all of them. I, I don't even care if they all meet up or not. I just, seeing like how, how it started and how each person, each different location had to deal with the same problem, but it was different for all of them. I just, I just really enjoyed that. I, I did, too. Like I said, yeah. I would just hope it was going to pull together. I, yeah. I love this creative take on it. I just, I wanted a singular story to come yeah. together by the end. And be, I, and I thought this was a miniseries at first. Yeah. And so may, maybe by the end when he pulls the whole series together, there will be. But yeah, I was just, I was just wanting a, a story and I got, you yeah. know, the five ones that were completely yeah. disconnected. So. <laughs> but they, they really are. And, but it still works in a, a strange way like each story is captivating in its own right and it's just like you said five little like mini stories within one story i i, I enjoyed all their stories did you have a favorite storyline i do we'll cover it okay well, i'm not saying favorite character who do you have a favorite storyline like which one of the five storylines was your favorite like when you got back to that storyline which one were you most interested in uh Jap- japan tokyo one y- yeah. you know the samurai <laughs> yeah uh, my favorite was Daniel Martinez, the uh, the homeless kid. Yeah. Um. Just, I mean, you see how like, I mean, clearly like when the when the kid threw his coins down the thing, like, I mean, he was defeated. But then he's like, yep. hey, those are coins, man. <laughs> down there. <laughs> I'm going down there. And so I went and got him. And then like when things started going bad up, you know, up above, which actually the kid throwing those coins down into the sewer saved his life. It really did. Because the zombies went through and just wiped everybody out. And he went back up and stole that kid's food. Um, or saved the food because that kid wasn't going to eat it now. 
Um, he just that kid just wanted brains now. Um, <laughs> but but I just I mean in the in the way that so like the the uh, the drug cartel that killed his family. They take him in, make him a little runner guy, and he has to run through the zombies. And he does it. He's this tough, you know, resourceful little kid. But he remembers to kill his parents. And he's planning. So so even as they're having him do missions for him, he's planning. I'm like, man, this kid may not have had much. He may not. He, his life may have been pretty horrible. And yeah. like I said, he's, he, he's living on the street. And he's living in terrible conditions. But he's smart. And he's he resourceful. And I just kept, I love going back and seeing the progression of what, what his plan was and what he was up to. And just, and he kept talking about like that revenge he was planning. I kept yeah. waiting. Like, I need to see more of what this revenge is going to be. So I, I, I love when we go back to Daniel Pages. Yeah. Daniel, Daniel was really good. I enjoyed his whole storyline too. I, I, I enjoyed all of them. I really, yeah. I think they all done really well. But that, that whole revenge angle he had going, man, that, that hooked and me. And just, the way yeah. he's done it, he used his body as the bait <laughs> to pull me in there. And he goes, hides up high. Go ahead, yeah. zombies, take care of my work for me. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah. All right, you want to do smart now? Let's do smart. Okay. I have, so this art, I think, fit the story perfect. I, I think for all five of them we're following, the art was perfect for all of them. Like the frozen tundra land with the Neanderthal popsicle person looked good. Tokyo was captured well, the cityscape, and then your Yakuza uh, compound, uh, you've seen the cherry tree and that stuff. Like, all that stuff was done so well. The color, the fight scenes are even easy to follow. Uh, for a zombie uh, comic, there's not much gore in it, but what little there was, they done really good with it. Uh, like, it went over the top or nothing like that. And then I had, uh, oh, that's another thing I always pick on is the backgrounds. This one had really good backgrounds. You can go through by any background you want to pick. There's something going on in the background. Like there's a zombie doing something or there's, like you said, uh, the kids in the sewer and you can like see a little rat or see just, you can look and you can find stuff in the background. I really enjoyed that. And uh, I, really, I didn't have no complaints at all with the, the art. Yeah. And I, I love that um, Ramon Rosanis was able to do like detailed stuff. But it was never busy. Never busy, yep. And you get that a lot with zombie books. You just want to make these big hordes of zombies, and it's like incredible amounts of destruction. And it gets to where like there's too much going on. It becomes really sort of unfocused. And it never got there. And especially like you're talking about with the zombie like zombie attacks and the battles. I yeah. mean, even in The Walking Dead, which is a series that I love, it's one of my favorites of all time, there's times where there's just too many zombies on the page. And you can't yep. really tell what's happening. Um, and I, this never falls to that. No, everything, the, the, er, every action scene is completely clear. I say that as I say, the only time I, I felt like they could have made it too busy is when he, uh, Saga was on the subway train fighting the zombies. They could have made like hordes of zombies coming at him, kept coming at him, whatever, while he was on the train because you know the train was obviously busy, but they didn't, they didn't do that. They did like this one little car, had a few people in it, and they had this awesome fight scene in it, and it was just perfect. Like I said, they, they, they captured it so well. Well, even like Daniel's revenge mission, when he has like the horde follow him down to the sewers, it never shows a bunch of them. We, we, it shows enough, like especially like the, it's so subtle sometimes. It's just a bunch of arms. Yeah. And you just get this. They done that. It, yeah. It just gives you the impression there's a lot of these things here, but it doesn't overwhelm you because you're just seeing grasping hands. 
and so, yeah, or, or a bunch of lakes as they're descending into the sewers or whatever. Mm. And that worked. I mean, that just it, it made it even creepier than seeing them all. Like this big, you know, sort of like because when they draw those big things, you don't get a lot of detail. You just get like it's a big mass of stuff. Yep. Whereas if you're just showing arms, you can he can draw the background really well. He can show Daniel's determination, the fear on the people that are coming now, and you can see those yep. hands. You can see I, the hands. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing I was gonna say too is like the expressions they get on the faces. They done really well to expressions like the fear they got caught, and sometimes the anger and, and like Saga's face when he's fighting and all that stuff. Like it, it was it was really well done. Yeah. Um, I do want to say too that the full page spreads were especially good. I like all of the art, but it feels like uh, Ramon spent even more time on the full pagers. And there's not like a ton. There's like one or two every issue, but they're yep. all really good. Oh, and that's nothing I wanted to mention. I, 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 sh- I didn't write my notes, but I should have. At the end of each issue, there's like a, like a little like a Da Vinci thing or like the Black Plague thing. That, and like a Wild West. So there, zombies has always been a thing in our history, but like we've hit it or apparently or whatever. But each time it was a different flashback to one of those older time stuff. It was a different art, style of art, and I thought it, it su- suited it really well. I was going to ask you about that. What you thought that was? If this was maybe like alternate versions where this story could have happened, like if, they, if like if the caveman had woken up in different areas, or if this like literally happened. I think it literally happened, and we're just getting like little pieces of it since we're reading a zombie book like hey this is something that happened in the past before it's not something new something we've dealt with before but it's not been talked about See, i just that surprised i mean i'm i'm torn because like that um they just open up the spaceman thing in london and like five yeah. minutes later the entire world is overrun mm-hmm. it just feels like if some of those things that were described in those um two-page little enders had happened and it was the same kind of zombie thing there wouldn't have been an earth after that <laughs> You got to think about it too, though. Oh, in in the time periods they'd done that, uh, world travel wasn't available back then. That's why we had the Black Plague. It was just in like the European uh, countries. The the Da Vinci thing was just one specimen, and he disposed of it himself. The Wild yeah. West was done with trains, which could have technically not the flu, but that could have been what, what wiped out the Indians, the Native Americans. Yeah. Uh, you could explain history that way. Maybe. That's how I took it. I- I'm looking forward to seeing how that continues in the next volume too. The different time frames, the different ways, because I'm guessing it's not an accident. Like he's he's got a purpose for doing that. It's going to tie in somehow. Yep. So, yeah, you're, you're talking me into raising my grade. <laughs> it's good, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. I mean, Keaton Plus is not a bad grade. Anyway, no, it's not a bad grade. But sometimes, like you know, I, I get in stories like this, and then when it's kind of open like that, I kind of create my own story with it i've done it before and i really get i get so stuck in on my story like i believe what's going to happen so who do you think of the coolest character design i don't know i mean thinking probably saga i like his little little suit and stuff and he's an assassin he's got guns everywhere and swords and stuff yeah the, the suave samurai that dude is awesome I, and his whole look is really cool i mean i yeah i didn't think that was much of a debate although um fatima and her whole crew each of them with I, a slightly different yeah. looks and slightly different, yeah. with different weapons they were really really cool too That's i liked her 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 group i liked i liked that really well and her setting too yeah so um last on the pyramid is characters and 
Um, the characters were good, but it was in such small bites that I didn't feel like I got to know them as well as I wanted to. Which might be really good writing, that I want to know more, and that I, you know, care about them enough that I really want to find out more about their stories. So it might actually be good writing, but it, it did leave me feeling like, you know, I don't know that much. It felt like, kind of like reading five one-shots in a row. Yeah. Um, And I don't feel like I know the characters as well as I would really like to. Uh, but the thing is, with, with what little we did get from each character, it, it had me hooked. Like, I want to read more. Like, even from Sarah, from from Lady Fate and just all all the characters we followed, I was completely hooked and couldn't wait to read their next part of their story. I want to see what was happening and how they was dealing and all that stuff. So I think that that's awesome writing. Even though we don't have their backgrounds and all that stuff, like you were still hooked and you wanted to know more about them. Yeah, and that's not so much like getting to know like, you know, Daniel or Saga or Fatima, like really in depth. Um, it wasn't really the point. The point was like, what's the zombie apocalypse do yep. to different people in different contexts. And so like yep. the specifics of the characters aren't so much the point, um, but he did a really good job. They're likable characters. Um, they are likable. Characters. Except maybe BJ. I kind of still like, I, I, I did mean, too, but he was, he was clearly my least favorite. Yeah. He, he was the least favorite. Yeah. I think he had the least amount of story time too, though. Honestly. Yeah. Maybe BJ and Keith are the ones that pull everybody together. Because they seem the most tech-savvy out of the bunch. They could. And they could be on the CB trying to get worldwide see who's surviving out there. Yep. I mean, that's what BJ done. Yeah. It could. Uh, do you think they're going to replace Sarah? Because she did her heroic, I'm trying to save the world thing, and clearly it already would, had failed. Because um, our five characters, you know, one of them's gone now. Do you think they'll replace her or just spend more time with those four that are left? I've read ahead. I ain't saying. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> so of the of the the uh, the four surviving characters in this book, which one would you like to spend the most time with in the next volume? Uh, either or, or if it's an ongoing, like who? Yeah, you can't you can't answer it. No, I say that it, it, if I had if I had to pick between them, I, I don't know. It's a toss up between Daniel and Saga because I would like to see what the the Ronin's going to do now. That he's just a, a Ronan warner in the world. That that'd be interesting to see in a zombie apocalypse, you know. See that that I'm I'm with you because that's the one that got me because Saga is not going to hold up. No, because that's that's the reasonable thing to do, but because of his code of honor, he can't. Like he literally has to wander on a planet that now you really shouldn't be wandering on. So I'm like that is such an interesting scenario. Yeah. And so what what is that code of honor going to drive him to do? You know, it's yep. really interesting. But I'm curious about Daniel, too, because he's stuck up on a cross. That's how they left him. Surrounded by zombies. That's true. Yeah. He, we never revisited him, did we, after that? No. And I, I was curious what was going to happen to him. So I, that's, that's uh, guys I hope I that's not the end of his story. Uh, there's two guys I like to see what happens. That's a good point. I, I Somehow in my mind, I wanted that kid to be safe so much that I couldn't. I mean, I guess my brain convinced myself like, yep, he's fine. We'll find out what happens. You know. But yeah, he was stuck up there. He's stuck up there, surrounded. Wow. Reaching well, that's hands. what I'm reading tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna find out what happens to Daniel. All right, you want to give us some awards, man? Let's do it. All right. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> Sam, what's your best cover? Best cover. Right answer. Man, 
I liked all the covers. I thought all the covers were really good. Uh, but I'll, I picked it's on page ninety three, issue five, the surfer through the waves with the zombies all around. If you took the zombies out, that was just an awesome picture. But if the zombies in, it gives you a, a feel of what's really happening in the world. And the guy's just still surfing. Yeah, that's the right answer. Um, I'm 100 percent with you. That would totally have been one one of those surfer shirts that all the kids that didn't surf wore in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Um, like was it Ocean's Ocean Pacific? Something? All those shirts that the dudes wore? Yeah, I remember. Um, yeah, I I just I love it. It looks great, and the way that the zombie stuff is just kind of like thrown in there. Yeah, you because know, because the dude doesn't look concerned. He's just surfing. Yeah, he don't care. But yeah. Pretty sunset, yeah. Surf sub zombies. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> Josh finally let us down. He doesn't have an award. Oh, we forgot his pyramid notes. He's all right. He locked yeah, it. They're, they're not any good anyway. I just glanced at him. We can do it. <laughs> Sa- safely skipped. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Safe is your best character. Uh, we've talked about him a bunch already. About Saga, I just I love the the samurai stuff. Always have, always will, and it's just cool seeing the samurai in the modern time and zombie apocalypse just waylaying people. I'm going back to Daniel. I just love that kid, man. Yeah. Um, and part of it is the whole like dad thing. You know, a, a kid in danger just really you know grabs you. But man, you just you, you feel for him because he he's in such desperate circumstances when he first meets him. So like, he might be emotionally the most prepared one for the zombie apocalypse. Like, he's accustomed to danger and you know to not having enough eat, to be not you know having concerned about where it's going to be safe to sleep tonight. This isn't these aren't new things to him. Yeah. Um, but just but when he meet when he when he meets up with the drug cartel guys and he's like, yeah, they killed my parents. They're helping me now. But <laughs> he's, he was, he was just waiting for the right moment to strike. Yeah. And the patience of that kid. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was he was so patient. He was so resourceful. Yeah. And just. Yeah. 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 Love that kid. Um, so next, next up is best panel. And uh, I've got two. Um, I'm going to pretend one of mine is Josh's. I so. <laughs> Um, so we'll, we'll we'll do them back to back because they're on like pages next to each other. So Josh's pick is on page fifty eight, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a combination of panels four and five. Um, yeah. It's a Saga meditating on a because the subways are automated, completely automated, and still running, and he's just taken out all I think about eight zombies in a subway yes, car. And he just kneels down and starts meditating in the midst of them all. And so on panel four, there's the close-up of him meditating. And then it pulls back on panel five. And you see how he's managed to make himself find peace and meditate in the midst of such carnage. Mm-hmm. It's a really Josh cool Perry. image. Yeah, yeah. Josh, Josh really knocked it out of the park on that one. Yeah. Um, but the next page is mine. So on, on 59.6, we've got Fatima and her friends having a pose-off at the bottom yeah. of that page. And they just look so daggone cool. I agree. Yeah. They didn't take guns. That's one of the rules, too. They didn't take guns. Yeah. And they've got, like, hammers, and they've got, like, wrenches, axes, yeah. and little swords and knives. I mean, 
and the way they've wrapped up their hands, like they're like, you know, daredevil street fighters. I mean, yeah. And they've painted their faces. I mean, they look really, really tough and cool. Yeah. Looks like a hammer lady. They look like a gang from like the warriors. They, oh, they do. Don't they? Yeah. Yeah. I can see like, that. Uh, but one, you wouldn't want to meet. Like, <laughs> I, like I'd rather fight the baseball furies in this crew. Yeah. All right, Sam, what was your base panel? All right, so page 20 is the bottom panel. It's the city burning. It's one of those ones that's more of the background, just seeing the helicopters and the city on fire, and then you kind of see over Saga's shoulder. I just, I really enjoyed that. You just see the destruction going on. Yeah, that was a good one. The art's really good here, man. Mm-hmm. All right, so next up is the best dialogue, and I kind of cheated. So we're going to say me and Josh tag teamed it. So Josh picked page 99 and it's when Saga and his master are talking and they're talking about the rock garden and the master's talking about how he would like force him to make these intricate designs and then take the rake and flip it over and smash, you know, wipe out all of his hard work. And so then we, so we tag team it. So I picked page 100 um, and I love, so they keep going on having that discussion about how nothing lasts. You don't understand. And then, so like, I love the way it ends and it just shows how cool Saga is. He says, sweep me away like so much sand end my life as you ended hers. He says, but you forget Hideo-san that I control the rake. Yep. That's a good one. Saga's a bad dude. Yeah, he is. I'm telling you, he's, he's, he's yeah. It's funny. Cause like, that's, that's the one I wanted to pick. So, <laughs> All three of us tag teamed it. Well, you know, I had another one too, and I didn't really write it down, but it's towards the end. There's uh, when Sarah's at the very end, when she was uh, naming all that stuff when the, the Neanderthal zombie finally got into her. Talking about, uh, she sent the, the thing, I don't remember what page it's on, but right before she blows herself up, she was talking I'm about. I'll find it for you. If you find it, you can read it. But I remember that being really good because she's like saying that uh, she sent that sample to London or wherever it was and hoping they had the smarts, whatever, to destroy it. Just maybe that she can stop it here. Maybe. I just remember that maybe, maybe part. Okay, here we go. Uh, I think this may be it. So there's the guy that was bitten that's beside her. Mm-hmm. No, I think I may went too far. Paid you on. Uh, 75. No, I don't think you're Yeah. Is she in issue five? Here it is. I found it. Okay. Page nine. So. It says, I came to this research station to save the planet, but I may have created the next extinction event. I sent the Institute a micro sample from the ice uh, coring. Maybe they will know how to contain and extinguish it. Maybe this can end here, maybe, and then she blows herself up. I just thought that was, you know, kind of a heroic way to go out. She knew she was going to try to stop it here, and hoping that this place she sent it to was also smart enough to stop it. Apparently. Yeah, and that and that really flows well with the rest of her dialogue because most of the time she's talking about how she's trying to like cure cancer and, yep. and that Save she's risking, you know, going to the, you know, these. I think it was Antarctica, going to like these crazy extreme environments because she felt like that was a place to find like hope and answers and mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it really that that one really built to that dialogue for her. Yep, that's a good one. Sam, what was your best full page spread? 
And man, are there options. I feel like he was drawing posters for these things. There, there were so many good ones on here, but I kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit. And page 106, Daniel on the cross with the angel under him and all the zombie hands reaching up. It's yeah. just... And, you know, got the stained glass behind him, the sun shining through on him. It's, it's just a really a beautiful picture. And he looks really scared. He is scared. I mean, I don't blame him. He's kind of stuck. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with a the complete other end of the book. Now, you chose the right one. Um, that's 100% the right answer. But on page uh, four. Yeah, I thought about that one. Yeah. So when they first, when Sarah, Sarah's excited because they pull this like Neanderthal guy out yeah. of the ice and he's completely frozen. He's like full on like, you know, caveman awesome. Captain America there. Yeah. And like they're excited. Like this might be our answer. And he just he's drawn really cool. And but also it's like you know, zombie Neanderthal, pretty cool yeah. idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes you uh, right there. Also makes me think about all the stuff through history that they're showing. Could be real. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm really interested in what he's, what he's doing with those. It made me wonder, like, are, are these, like, alternate takes? I mean, what's going on here? But so, something is going on there. Uh, yeah, Josh has none of these awards. <laughs> he wrote a note for us, though. Sorry, I've been busy. <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> All right, so, Sam, what would, your, what would your best? This would be cool in a horror movie thing. Uh, so what I was thinking was, well, we're just talking about the Neanderthal, but remember when the she's standing there in front of it and the ice breaks and it like, kind of just falls out. So you could be in the room, you hear like the water dripping, this little eerie music playing, and all of a sudden this big loud, gosh, the ice breaking and then her jumping. That'd be something you'd see in a movie. They're like, get you on the edge of the seat, you know, suspense building, then the loud noise and make everybody jump in the theater or whatever. That would be cool. And do it like in the like like really poorly lit. Yeah, so I'm saying kind of dark. Yeah. You can see some, you can see a little bit of movement, but you can't tell what's happening. It's all you know audible. It's all the hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Then all the music gets real loud and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, John. This is the only word that Josh did, so I'll tell you what Josh's is. He says saga and the subway scene, killing all the zombies, and then meditating surrounded by all their dead bodies. Mm. That's that's also always saying his best panel. Yeah. Um. Mine's going to be the zombie fight in the library. That was a good one, too. Yeah, Come I don't up. think I've quite seen that con- that that setting for a zombie fight. Yeah. And with them not carrying guns or a whole lot of like, and just kind of improvising weapons, it was a pretty cool fight. That's mm-hmm. my book. <laughs> now, Josh did do his entire cast section. Yep. So, all right. So it's time to cast it. And I am first on Sarah Lemons. And I'm going to go maybe a little young, but I felt like she was also giving off a young vibe, like really sort of positive, not beaten down by the world. Um, her dreams hadn't been crushed. She hadn't failed a whole bunch of times yet. So I'm going young here. I'm going to go with Catherine Newton. She was the, uh, the, the girl in Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Yeah. That's really young. Not really yeah. young, but well, not anymore. anymore. That yeah. was like, I mean, that was about four years ago when that came out, something like that. It's not longer, yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's not bad, but I went with somebody a little more age approach. I'm, I'm not saying she's old or nothing by no means, but Rachel McAdams. 
I got that, you know, the, the Doctor Strange when she was the nurse. Kind of got that. She could just like straight transfer into that role. Yeah, that would work. I'm yeah. not even mad about it. She drawn that way, the blonde lady. So, bought her right in. Okay. Um, Josh has went really, really young. I mean, I mean, really, really obscure for most of these. I don't know who any of these people are. I'm exaggerating, but not by a lot. So, Josh, for Sarah Lemons, Josh cast somebody named Rod, Rodda, Rodha Mitchell. Uh, get my Google ready. Yeah, I'm, I'm Googling now. Can almost count on that kid to make things hard on us. I'm also not cutting this out, so we should vamp. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. I don't, see, he would tell us it's probably from some like, like a CW show or something. <laughs> probably CW show. <laughs> yeah, he, he saw her on like a. Nope. Uh, she was in Pitch Black. The blonde oh, yeah. lady. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's she's on Man on Fire. Um, I'm assuming that's right. Oh, that yeah, was the same lady, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah that's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, except that Pitch Black came out in two th- thousand. Yeah, well, Man on Fire wasn't like oh four, oh five, so it wasn't too far. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying, like we, we were talking about how this is. A, I mean, this would probably have to be a time machine even before Pitch Black. We were probably too old when Pitch Black came out. Nah. I get a really young. I get I get a really young vibe from Sarah Lemons. But she got to go to college and get some PhDs or something to be ah, researched. I'm old enough to remember Doogie Howser. Oh, okay, well, not everybody's Doogie no. Howser. No, I'm, I'm thinking this is like a, she was like a prodigy and she's like fresh out of graduate school. So maybe like 23. I'm thinking early 20s. Okay. Not like teenager young, but, you know, fresh, okay. wide eyed, not beaten down by the world young. Yeah. I was just thinking 30s, but whatever. That works too. Okay, this is awesome. I'll get mad about that. No. All right. Anyway, uh, clearly Josh lost that one. And we, we call it a tie for us. So, yeah. Josh is the only one lost. All right. So, Sam. <laughs> Who is your Daniel Martinez? All right, so I don't know him from anything. I just seen him in a preview for a movie that's coming up. And it's Eduardo Mineta, I think that's his name. He plays uh, Rafa in Cry Macho, new Clint Eastwood's new movie. Have you seen previews for that? I have. What's the, the young boy in that one? Yeah. Okay. Um, I had to do a time machine one. Um. So remember, this is a this is a resourceful young man, capable of committing like huge amounts of vengeance. I think we're gonna have to time machine all the way back and get a young young John Leguizamo. Ooh, that's a good one too. Yeah. If we was gonna time machine, think Lou Diamond Phillips. That's pretty good too. That's what I was thinking because I actually thought about it, but I mean that's a, a time machine way back. Well, I ain't gonna say way back, but I mean, to go back 40 years to get him. <laughs> that's pretty oh, That's pretty way back. Yeah, so, but, you know, because Lou Diamond Phillips, like, from Young Guns and all that stuff, I mean. All right. All right. I, like, I like yours, too. All right. Josh went with Marcelo or Marcello Ruiz. And <laughs> he's, he's an actor on One Day at a Time. I think that's a Disney show or something. <laughs> or soap opera on him. Um, 
I mean, he, he does he does completely look the part. Okay. So I mean, I'm not gonna get mad about it, but clearly he lost. And I think yeah, I think clearly. we're tied again. Yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna both gonna win this one. Yep. All right, uh, Sam. Uh, well, no, Josh is first on Saga. So Saga Watanabe. Josh has Takeshi Kaneshiro. So I talked to Josh. He said he Googled it, and this guy is, I think he's a Japanese dancer, model, actor type of guy. He says, but he says if you Google him, it looks just like how the guy was drawn. Is why he picked the guy because he don't know him from nothing either. Oh my gosh, he does. Yeah. It's like they were drawing this dude. Yeah, that's what he said. Josh must have seen him in um, House of Flying Daggers, because I don't recognize anything else he's been in. Ooh, was he in House of Flying Dra- Daggers? I probably yeah, he was Jin. Okay, it's been a while. Anyway. Um, that's pretty good. Don't give him any credit. We're doing a bit <laughs> here, okay? <laughs> he's still going to lose, but that's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm 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 gonna be Captain Obvious. I'm going Brian T. That's exactly who I picked, honestly. Yeah, I, agree I mean, with you. he yeah. looks like him. He even usually has this guy's facial hair. Yeah, that's yeah. why I picked him. Yeah. And um, so listeners, you'll know him as no- Noburo in the Wolverine. He was Shredder in the recent Turtle movies. He was Hamada in Jurassic World. Um, he's been you've seen you've seen him and stuff. He's he's a in good all. actor. He just yep. looks like this dude. And since we agreed, even though Josh had a really good pick, probably his best pick so far, clearly he loses, and we're, and we're tied I, again. I can't believe we both picked Brian T. <laughs> I was on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> I actually walked out the other guy I had. Uh, Brian T. I think is the right answer. Yeah. I I do think. I mean, I don't. I'm I'm not you know super mad at Josh, but I I don't know that actor. I don't um, um, he does he does look the part as, as almost as much, or if not equally as much I, as Brian T. does. Um, Brian so T's next more up, the actor. He is, um, and we've seen him do the action stuff as well. And so, of course, if you were in House of Flying Daggers, you're probably good at action too. Yeah. Um, so next up is Fatima Shaw, and I'm first uh, casting her. I'm going to go with Yasmin Fletcher, hmm. and you don't know her yet, but you soon will. She's going to be playing Nokia. On the Miss Marvel show. Oh, okay. So you've probably seen her on the trailers for the show. And if you click on like her IMDb page, she looks like uh, Fatima. Yeah. I mean, she just lo- lo- looks like they were drawing Fatima. Um, and draw- drawing Yasmin Fletcher to be Fatima. Hmm. So. Yeah. All right. That's and I'm assuming one. she can act. Uh, old Mister, yeah, uh, uh, I mean the Captain MCU. There, like he doesn't miss. He doesn't miss on these things. No. Oh. Unless well, I'm, I'm not going to be mean to at Captain Marvel, but um, <laughs> <laughs> might have been a slight stumble there. But um, all right, Sam, who's your Fatima? Lady, Lady right. Fate. Say. Lady Fate. I I had a hard time with this one because I really wanted to pick uh, Wonder Woman. But I did not. I really think she'd be perfect. That's that's who I really want to pick. 
But if I couldn't get her, because she's a big Wonder Woman now, I went with Penelope Cruz. May have time machine her a little bit, but Penelope Cruz I thought looked a lot like her. Okay. Not the right ethnicity, but... I know it's not. I really yeah. knew it wasn't. Yeah. But I was really thinking Gail. That's who I wanted to say. Well, just... I don't, it doesn't matter. Um... All right, Josh was so much closer than you that I, I'm not sure we can continue the bit. Um, <laughs> he can't. I'll, I'll you. Huh? You got the right answer so far. Uh, you may actually have won this one. He cast Amber Rose Riva or Riva. Mm-hmm. She played Dinah Madani on The Punisher. Oh, and I had a brain fart on that one. Yeah, he's yeah. got the right. Yeah, I think he won that one. Uh, and I, I can't even continue yeah. talking about it. I, he clearly won that one. Although, I, <laughs> although I, I do think Yasmin Fletcher looks like this lady, but I've never seen her anything. I don't know if she can act or not. I'm, assume, I'm assuming, but I don't know. Well, we know this lady from Punisher can. Yeah. All right. Josh gets one. All right. So next up is BJ Hool. Sam, who do you have for BJ Hool? All right. So I had a really hard time picking somebody. That would look like the character was drawn. So I want somebody would play the character, kind of the the nerdy guys, kind of in the basement building his bunker, preparing for the end of the world that nobody thought was going to come, kind of an outcast person. So I went with Miles Tiller. You know him from Fantastic Four, all kinds of other stuff. Uh, Ready Player One or whatever it's called, he was in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. thought he'd be really good at that that kind of that type of character. I don't think that was Miles Taylor in Ready Player One. I think that was Tasha Sheridan. Yeah, it might be. Anyways, (laughs) my bad, Miles. (laughs) I'm confused. Wrong wrong pasty brunette. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here's uh, hold on. Josh Josh has a a a very wrong answer. Um, He was Justin Long. I know why he went with Justin Long. I know just, Justin Long. He's a, he I, I think he's funny too. I love Jeepers Creepers as much as the next guy. This guy's not Justin Long. Dodgeball. Dodgeball's what dodge I know he can dodge a wrench. He can dodge a ball. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a zombie. I get it. Yeah. Um, he is not this kid. Yeah. So uh, anyway, because I have the right answer, I'm going with Jacob Batalon. He plays Ned in Spider Man. Oh, yeah. Man, that's two in a row. I just completely swung and missed that. <laughs> Bad misses. <laughs> All right, so yep. you won that one for sure. Yep. Uh, Josh lost, though. Josh was the worst. Yeah. All right, so. Um, okay, so Josh was first on the wild card, and he went with Keith. And this is his worst pick. And if he was actually on the show, I would still harass him about it. He cast Tom Holland for Keith. He picked, I was like, here's what he picked Justin Long, Tom Holland, because he wanted to see those two have like a scene together back and forth, uh, having comedy, he said. Being I, funny I, together. Keith is, I mean, they they have him act and they draw him in such a way that he. There's not a cool bone in his body. He doesn't have a cool molecule in his entire body. 
You can't cast Tom Holland to play that kid. Oh, Keith is more like Napoleon Dynamite. Absolutely. That'd be a good one. Yeah. But, you know, 20 years ago. But, yeah. Tom Sheen. All right. Um, <laughs> that's his worst pick in a while. Not just this yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got a new Shimi. So we'll call it the Holland. Jeez. Anyway. So, I'm up next on the wild card. And I'm going with the U.S. soldier guy. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the one that got trapped in there with Fatima, who, who was yep. like the first one to turn zombie on him. And I'm going to go Scott Eastwood on that one. Um, because he's sort of being like tough guy, but then he kind of softens toward them. Mm-hmm. He's trying to help them. And I could see Scott Eastwood doing that scene. Yeah. And so he's actually it, it just felt like a Scott Eastwood moment. I'm yeah. sorry, Sam, what? He's actually a pretty good actor, Scott Eastwood. Yeah. He doesn't have the screen presence that his dad has, but like... I mean, congratulations. Welcome to the human race. Most people don't. Please <laughs> with screen presence. That's not that's not a huge mark against you. Yeah. All right, who, uh, who you got? Well, who, what obscure nobody did you pick? I, I was who, who was in one panel that, you know, you decided to cast? They were in three panels. <laughs> it's the zombie eating a leg. <laughs> Page 43. <laughs> Page 43. If you look at the very bottom panel, you'll see a zombie in the background eating a leg. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's who I picked. <laughs> I win. The wild card. It's mine. Ah, that's, that's so off the wall that I think I'm, I'm going to just concede that to you. Page 43, the bottom panel. The, the, <laughs> hey, leg in the background. Hey, Tom Cruise. Mr. Ethan Hunt. Mr. Top Gun. Mr. <laughs> Jerry Maguire. Would you like to do three seconds of leg eating? Yeah, great just, cameo for you. Just gnaw this a little bit. We'll put some blood on your face. You'll be good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, I think, we're, I think we're done with Year Zero. Well, we're done reviewing Year Zero. I think we're all going to go read some more Year Zero. Yep. Um, so we're doing something special next month. And I think it's one of the best ideas we've had in a while. So um, it was years ago at this point. But we reviewed the first volume of Hawkeye a long, long time ago. And I think we were all really impressed and we wanted it to be a TV show or a movie or something. Well, um, Kevin Feige agreed with us. He, he of the great casting chops. And <laughs> that trailer is awesome and for people like us who've read the fraction series and loved it you can just yep. feel the fraction fingerprints all over that trailer even lucky the pizza dog is in the trailer um hot guy they even, they even do the car chase yeah they do the car chase I mean, it's wild you... yeah the tracksuit vampires are in it uh, anyway yeah. um so we've decided to do we we realized we did some we did some quick math it was simple math so we pulled it off um but we are exactly, after the release of this episode, four weeks out from the Hawkeye TV show beginning. Um, there are four volumes in the Fraction Run. So we're going to do Hawkeye Month. So next yeah. week. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, you know, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you didn't sound it. Um, I was expecting a wild acclaim and cheering. But whatever. <laughs> I thought we were excited about this. I'm super excited for you. The planning meeting was really exciting. But anyway, so we're going to do the four volumes of the Fraction Hawkeye run. They're all amazing. Um, 
some of them <laughs> will be very much on the show. Some of them will very much not. But uh, I'm looking forward to Hawkeye Month. And uh, the, the last volume will be released the same day as the TV show begins. So you can you can follow us right into Hawkeye. Yes. And I'm pumped. Uh, so I have the uh, summary pulled up, too. Do it. Uh, so next week's Hawkeye Volume 1, My Life is a Weapon. And uh, blah, 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 blah. it says Clint, Clint Barton, a.k.a. the self-made hero Hawkeye, fights for justice. With ex-Young Avengers Kate Bishop by his side, he's out to prove himself as one of Earth's mightiest heroes. S.H.I.E.L.D. recruits Clint to intercept a packet of incriminating evidence before he becomes the most wanted man in the world. It's a good time. That doesn't even really describe how great that series is, though. It really doesn't. It's like hard. That, like, if I if I was going to describe the awesome awesomeness of the Fraction Hawkeye run, I don't think I would ever have gotten to this S.H.I.E.L.D. mission. <laughs> no. It's not even in the top, thing, top ten things in that, <laughs> that series. <laughs> I mean, there's so much going on. I love it. Yeah, it's love great. This yeah. And and before anybody you know emails us or you know sends us you know bad reviews, we know we've reviewed the first volume before. We're just gonna do it again. It fits in the month, perfect. Yeah. There's another hour of awesome to talk about in this thing. Hmm. Yep. I'll go back and review, make sure I don't copy my same notes. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm just gonna. Go maybe I, maybe I only said smart things the first time. It's okay to say them again. Who knows? Probably not, but maybe we can improve on it. Casting might be interesting, though. No, no, I'm not excited about it. <laughs> it's the only downside to doing a whole theme month. Yeah, <laughs> a right. bunch of cards for me. We we anyway, we'll talk about this after the effort done recording. But I think we're done here. Salute. See ya. Goodbye, Switzerland. Let Hawkeye Month begin.